Do not adjust your tracking. You are now listening to the VHS Saturday podcast. Hello, hello, and we are back. Welcome to VHS Saturday, the show where we discuss strange and unusual, odd and obscure VHS tapes that we obtain through thrift, gift, and grift. My name is Henry. And I'm Allison. And this week, we're doing a little something different. Um, this month we're doing something a little that different. That is right. We are launching Dogist. Dogist. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> so, so Dogist. Well, you know, before we get into Dogist, let's let's go. Where have we been? Where have we been? What the fuck happened? What the? F- okay, it's been a wild ride, people. We've been gone for a month. We took a month break that was not exactly scheduled. It started out with the fact that like. There was a a huge heat spike in like Seattle. It was the hottest it's literally ever been here. Yeah, like, so ever. it has never reached these temperatures ever in recorded history. Um, so that sucked. We were like melting in our apartment with like million fans on, and uh, it was literally like a hundred and nine degrees with no air conditioning. It was. It was. It was higher than that. Like 113, I think. Yeah, it went to the teen 18s. It was... like Yeah, so... It was not okay. I have not had temperatures like that since I lived in Texas. Yeah. So, we took... We initially took a week off to, like, not Because we had so many fans on. Yeah. That, like, we couldn't even record anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thought of turning a fan off, even for an hour, was, like... It just wasn't going to happen. So... If you don't live in Washington, realize that 20 percent of the population has AC because we don't get temperatures high enough to even warrant it. Our summers are in the the 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's very uh, moderate climate here. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was not fun for anybody. (laughs) We all had a hard time. Um, Then uh, the next week we recorded an episode. We recorded an episode on uh, what? What the fuck was it? Um, a, a little movie called Frogs. Oh yes, so we had mentioned Frogs. Not to f- be confused with Frogs, the sequel to our worst performing episode, Frog. Right. <laughs> this is a, another movie called Frogs that yeah. we had mentioned in that episode, and I obtained a copy of it. I was like, oh fuck it, let's watch it. It had to do with the Fourth of July plot wise. So release it on the Fourth of July. Yeah. And um. We recorded through the wrong microphone. Yeah, we recorded through my laptop's uh, built in microphone instead of our nice microphone. So it sounded like absolute shit. And I didn't want to record that. So we had to scrap it. So that's uh, for any of you like lost media nerds out there. That's officially lost media. now. Yeah. And it didn't didn't say deleted the file. too. So it's it's gone to the sands of time. But uh, the next thing that happened was my new laptop just started being stupid so then like i had to uh do an exchange on that laptop had to order a new one which took a few days to come in and uh in the meantime i had a, had either a desktop that i have to reinstall windows on or a chromebook we could have done what we did with the pilot episode and recorded on like a phone and it would have been OK, you know, <laughs> yes, but uh, we we had a lot going on and it just kind of felt like the things weren't right. It wasn't it wasn't right for us to record. But you know what? We took our time off. 
we're rejuvenated and now we're ready to tackle something bigger than we've ever done before. Yeah, it it doesn't help that like also I'm in summer classes, so I have homework due like almost every yeah, every week, every day, almost every single day. So busy. So and it's just been hard to find the time. And um, yeah, but now that that's out of the way, let's talk about. The theme of the month, which we are calling Doggest. Doggest is going to be a tournament. A tournament of the finest dog films, because dog films were apparently a trend within the era of VHS. Oh, yeah. We we got the idea because we were looking at our collection and we noticed like we have so many fucking dog movies. And like we planned this out months ago. Yeah. For the record. This is that's this is you know, we took a week off a break off break. We took we took a month off and we figured this is the perfect time to come back. It's right when we were said we were gonna do dogist. So we got a lot of lot worked into this. We got this prepared. This is going to be a fun theme. Uh, I'm not a fan of animal movies like we discussed this before. You liked animal movies as a kid. Mm -hmm. I just didn't give a shit about animal movies. And if they talked, I gave less of a fucking shit. Yeah. So um, throughout this month, we're just going to be talking about the dog phenomenon of the VHS era and we're going to do it in kind of like a bracket tournament style. Mm-hmm. So this week we're discussing a specific dog movie subgenre that we like to call the cop dog subgenre. Now, within the cop dog subgenre, we have a movie that is out of the running because it is considered the quintessential cop dog movie. So it is not it's seated basically at the very end. Right. Like that's what we're going to really be comparing it against. And we have another genre uh, on this, the next week and we have a third genre as well. Uh, and then the final week of the month, we will. Oh, uh, the next week after that, it's a, it's a semifinal where mm-hmm. we start looking at uh the loser's bracket, essentially. What movies did not perform the best out of the first three weeks? Pit those all against each other. And then after we have that loser bracket finalized, they go against the winner's bracket of uh, who won one, two weeks, one, two and three. So basically what we're going to do, like what the whole purpose of Doggist, what we're setting out to do is we want to know, like, what is the best dog movie on VHS? What is the worst? Or at least what's the best dog movie that we got on VHS? Yeah. Look, folks, there's a lot. So a we're lot not you're used to listening to us talk about one movie and we might compare it to something similar or whatever. But like for Doggist, we're going to watch multiple movies all in a specific subgenre. Of the dog movie genre, which is a subgenre of itself, like cause, yeah, because you know that's a I don't know is animal movie a genre? Sure, yeah. And then like you know, fucking cop dog is like you know it's a buddy cop genre. How, how many levels of subgenre is this? All right, because we got like uh, we've got buddy cop, 
animal movie cop dog, right? That's like three levels of like, yeah, subgenre. Because those are subgenres. Because like, is it a buddy comedy, buddy cop comedy? Is it an action movie? We well, don't know. Um, we definitely like with the movies that we're reviewing this week. They're kind of all over the place in terms of like what style they are. They all kind of generally have this like action slash comedy. Um, some more in one direction than others. Um, so it's going to be exciting to dive in because, of course, we're going to be discussing sports dogs movies next week. And that is a huge category. There is a lot. We are leaving out a lot of Airbud. We are leaving out a lot of the Airbud movies because that's uh, that's that's its own mess we will go over parts of that though <laughs> yeah um but like i would say that cop dog is probably like the second largest out of the categories I, we're going to be discussing i would say <clears throat> excuse me until we had airbud cop dog was like the like dog genre yeah and we didn't really that see or, or, like or boy and his dog, which was yeah. like, which is what we are doing for week three. Boy and his dog is a very like classic kind of trope, like, you know, shit like Lassie and like this goes back to like black and white, you know. But uh, cop dog was much more of like an 80s theme. And then sports dog was much more of like a 90s. theme. Because like cop dog was a spinoff of the buddy cop. Yeah. And then, um, you know, sports dog, because it's like, yeah, you had sports movies and then someone was like, hey, let's get a dog to do that. <laughs> it was I mean, we know how that whole thing started and like what that turned into, you know, yeah, like, like sports dog movies have a really interesting history. Yeah. And I can't wait to get into it. That's but this week, when we're talking about the history of like the cop dog movie, there's a very um, like. There's a very followable timeline of events. Yes. And it's pretty interesting. Um, so right off the bat, I want to talk about the whole Turner and Hooch versus K-9. And Turner and Hooch is out of the running on this. That is considered like the cop dog movie. So it's yeah. not... I is, think when people think of a cop dog movie, they think Turner and Hooch. Yeah. So we will be talking about it. The movies we will be talking about today, we are going to be comparing to uh, Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch is is seated as like the champion right now of the cop dog <laughs> genre. Mostly because just like over time, like we have that retrospect and we can see that like Turner and Hooch is the one for whatever reason, people just um it, identify with the most it was better received you know tom hanks is tom hanks it was right after he did big um and he still references it you know multiple times tom is which is why i feel like it's still part of like uh the pop culture zeitgeist you know sort of like old, old yeller is where it's uh that's like the cop dog because we have tom hanks who's had an amazing career since then yeah and he still acknowledges this cop dog movie he made in 1989. Yeah. And um, it's it's very interesting, though, because we see Turner and Hooch as the cop dog movie. But lest we forget that simply just a couple months 
before Turner and Hooch came out in theaters, we had a film called K-9 uh-huh. starring Jim Belushi. Right. And so in a way, like Turner and Hooch came came second. But people see it as like the original. Right. So and it's um, not like K-9 didn't have a big name attached to it. No. Um, K-9. Actually, it's funny because K-9 got like a bunch of sequels and spinoffs and um, even bringing up Lost Media again. There is some like really hard to find um, K-9 pilots. Um, but Turner and Hooch did get some spinoffs uh but not really as much at the time. Yeah, not nearly as many spinoffs. Yeah. Uh, K-9 was just kind of big at the time and then disappeared. Whereas Turner and Hooch has come back. The mm. show actually, um, a TV show about Turner and Hooch just got uh, rebooted. I want to say like last month, like June or July this year. Right. So that's why we're not uh, reviewing all the Turner and Hooch films. They're part of the general zeitgeist now. I gotta say, we did rewatch it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we did, because, like, I'm gonna be honest, Henry. Turner and Hooch is pretty forgettable. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that was... It's, it's the quintessential dog cop film, but when we watched it, we were both bored. Mm-hmm. Um, I was annoyed by the dog. Yeah. I hated that dog. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like... I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't know if this is a fucking spoiler or what, but like my favorite out of all the ones that we watched, hands down, was K-9, the original oh, I K-9. thought you were going to say, uh, I hate to say it. Uh, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but I loved it when Hooch got shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, of course I don't like when the dog... Like, look, folks, here's the thing. We're talking about cop dogs here. And like the way... James Belushi articulated it himself is that the cop dog is meant to take a bullet. That's what it's for. And so, yeah, you're going to see some dogs get shot. If you're exploring this genre for whatever reason, along with us, you absolute mad person. It's a coin toss if they live or not. Like if you <laughs> Google K-9, the movie, the and the dog's like, going to get fucking shot. like the question is like, does the dog die in <laughs> K-9? Yeah. So, um, you know, fucking trigger warning. I don't know. Yeah. Dogs getting shot. Does that upset you? Don't listen. It's not animal cruelty, but it's, uh, you know, it's just it's it's part of the job. You know, they're doing it to serve and protect. They, 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 uh, they do what they were signed up for. Yep. No, they don't. We talked about that earlier. I was oh, like, God. I was like, they don't even know that the risk that's involved. They just know, like, they get treat for, like helping. <laughs> you, their... you get T-bone. Yeah. So the other movie that T-bone in the sky. (laughs) God damn it. All dogs go to heaven. Me and Henry have a very interesting history with all dogs go to heaven. I feel like I couldn't get through doggist without bringing it up. We don't need to elaborate. You all can use your imagination, but we love that movie. (laughs) We love that franchise. (sighs) Anyways. So. The other movies we're reviewing today, we're talking about, we're not even really reviewing, we're going to be glossing over a lot of shit, is uh, Top Dog starring uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. And both K-9 
and canine pi. Yeah. So there we were... are skipping canine one 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 one, and then we are not going to be watching k9 thousand yeah i almost call it k9 2000 like blues <laughs> brothers 2000 like fucking, dude, he's a malushi anyways so blues brothers 2000 fucking yeah actually um they they wanted to get jim belushi to be in blues brothers 2000 but he saw the script and was like this fucking sucks I'm not going to shit on my brother's grave by participating in this project. You love Blues Brothers. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I gave you an autographed copy from Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Just, just be, hey. I- Henry just has this horde of, like, stuff he made Dan Aykroyd autograph. <laughs> I just envision him, like, coming up to him like, oh, hi, Mr. Aykroyd, uh, would you sign my my box of alien hominid toys? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, bud. And he's like signing your stuff. And you're like, and, uh, and I made this proton pack. Would you sign that, too? And he's like, uh, yeah, OK. He signs and, everyone's proton packs. Yeah, but like I just imagine this whole line behind you and you're just like Mary Poppins purse, just like pulling out okay, stuff like and this is my body or my bottle of uh, crystal head vodka. OK, he had to sign those. Right. <laughs> that was part of the deal. You buy the crystal head vodka, he'll sign it and he can sign other stuff that you want to. OK. Uh, so like things that got autographed by Dan Aykroyd, I got a. Uh, I got a copy of uh, Ghostbusters 2 for the NES by Activision. I have a copy of new Ghostbusters 2 for the Nintendo Famicom by HAL. I have the Ghostbusters 1 and 2 2 pack from like 2008. Uh, And then I also got a bottle of Crystal Head Vodka. I had another bottle of Crystal Head Vodka. And then I also had uh, Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. So... I believe um, DVD or yeah, it was DVD. Yeah, I was gonna say that like the the crystal, the autographed crystal head vodka was like I saw it the the first day that I met you. Yeah, and that was like a way that I knew that I was like, oh yeah, like like I'm in love with this dude (laughs) because I step into your apartment and I'm looking around. And, you know, you have a lot of cool shit and I'm like marveling at all your cool shit. But then I go to the fridge and what do I see on top of the fridge? But a bottle of Crystal Head Vodka. And I was like, you know, oh, is this a bottle of Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Head Vodka? That's kind of like me, like nerd checking you. I'm like, oh, does he just like to drink vodka or like, does he know? And you take the bottle down off the fridge and you're like, yeah, it's autographed by Dan Aykroyd. And I was like, wow, I was so impressed. (laughs) I was like, you're perfect. (laughs) Now I knew you were perfect. (laughs) So, uh. (laughs) <laughs> let's see what? I just love your love for all things Akroidian so Karen and Hooch it's uh, about, <laughs> about dogs it's about, it's about a dog it's about a dog it's about uh, Tom Hanks he's a cap and he's uh, he's on a case yeah and the owner of this dog gets murdered right and because he witnesses some like drug smugglers. Right. And so then like. While they're working on the case, the animal who is a witness, I don't know how this is even mattering, like, you know, 
these uh got, got, the animals got to get protected by right and so he takes to the vet and the vet starts berating him because like the dog's bleeding and starts calling him you know an animal abuser and he's like i'm a cop this dog got shot and i just need you to save him he witnessed a murder his owner and the lady's like oh my bad <laughs> like yeah and then He's like, can you take care of him? Can you hold him here? She's like, well, I don't have room. He's like, and she's she's like kind of flirted with him. She's like, are you single? Yeah. Do you do you have a good house? Yeah, I got a big house. All this other shit. And it's like, oh, sounds like you're fucking perfect to take care of this dog. And then this dog just like runs and pisses and shits all over everything. He's just an obnoxious fucking animal. He's a very bad dog. Terrible. Fucking very dog. bad. Like. The first night he brings Hooch home, the dog fucking like breaks through like Kool-Aid man style through the fucking door and gets into all of his shit and is like breaking his records, fucking pulling shit out of his cabinets and his fridge, tearing up the couch, like just every single bad thing a dog can possibly do in your house. Like Hooch does in a matter of like an hour. Yeah. He slobbers all over everything, like rips up his shoes. I'm like, I don't care like what this dog has been through. OK, like I come home to that. Th- we're done. This is over. So I don't know. Um, I'm Like from the get go, that's not good because I'm like, I don't like this dog. I do not wish to see more of the shenanigans that this dog gets into. So, like, right off the bat, we're going into Turner and Hooch kind of like, well, okay, I don't really like the dog. And and the whole comedy, the crux of the comedy of the film basically comes from Tom Hanks just being like the straight man. And he's like, oh, Hooch, what are you doing? You're messing up my house. And he just runs around in his underwear yelling at Hooch, like, the whole movie. Yeah, and then... um the veterinarian and him fall in love at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hooch dies. Yeah. Hooch finally like helps out. Yeah. To be to Hooch's credit, he's not a cop dog. He's just uh Oh, a, you're right, he's just a normal ass dog. He's a normal ass dog. So but that doesn't change anything. Yeah. Lots of very gratuitous scenes of Tom Hanks in his underwear in that movie. I I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that is either. Um, that that was like maybe one scene like, OK, but then it happens again and they're playing. Is, is it because he's a bachelor? Like, what do you mean? He's a relaxed bachelor. He's like, yeah, I just live alone. I could just have my. My dick out. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I guess I, I, that makes sense to me, you know, but. Felt like maybe Tom Hanks was getting exploited in his early years, man. I don't know. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I didn't really care for it. I think I think the movie is really forgettable. I don't like Hooch. And then like all of a sudden it's like you don't like the dog for 45 minutes and then the dog gets shot. And then you're like, wow, that's like your human empathy kicks in. And you're like, wow, that's really sad. I don't like when dogs get shot. Right. And then you become a little invested. You're like, oh, it's going to happen. And then the dog dies. And so it's just kind of like, OK. 
I like I legit felt bad when um, Jerry Lee, the dog and uh, K-9 got shot. Yeah, uh, we fucking this is a Jerry Lee stand podcast. Yeah, we both like. All right. Rest in peace. You absolute legend. Let's let's talk about K-9. Let's talk about K-9. So K-9 is about uh, Jim Belushi. He's a cop. He's on a case. And uh, he needs a dog to help find this, the drugs. Yeah. So he goes and he asks the cops for a dog. And they got one dog they can give him. And he's kind of a... I can't. Okay, here's the thing about. I can't tell if Al Bundy, who's that's the other cop. I yeah. I can't tell if Al Bundy was just like not wanting to give Jim Belushi a good dog. Yeah. Like, was this really the only dog they had, or was he like, this is actually because he was like, this dog see more action than you and I combined. Yeah. So the thing is, is like Jim Belushi, his character, um, Detective Dooley, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, he's an asshole. He's just a fucking prick and nobody likes him. And so I kind of got this like Invader Zim vibe when like the tallest give him Gur, like they won't give him a a real legit robot because they're like, hey, fuck this guy, you know? So I think it was kind of the same thing because there was a scene where he was like, what do you mean this is the only dog? You got plenty of dogs over here. Why are you giving me this one? That is true. However, that's how I, what I thought at first. But Jerry Lee's a good dog. Dude, Jerry Lee is a fucking tank. So um, Hooch is a uh, bull mastiff. Sure. It's like a really big, slobbery, drooly, bulldog looking kind of dog. Mm-hmm. But Jerry Lee is like a German shepherd. Right. And um, I was curious why um, cop dogs are always German shepherds. I'm like, what's up with that? It turns out that like they're kind of bred to to do that at yeah, this point. That's what I told you. They've honestly. been yeah, um, they've been doing work with cops for over a hundred years. That apparently they're just like they really like to work and they really like to make humans happy. So it's just kind of, and they're like athletic and fast, but they're also really strong. So they're just kind of like a perfect. Yeah, that's like why when you asked me, I was like, I don't know, probably just do with like. How their body is built. They're probably like strong and like just naturally. Yeah. Have a good nose and shit. Yeah. And, then, and they just really like pleasing people. They're just like, you know, like uh, they're very pack oriented and they'll do anything to like protect the pack. <laughs> Bless you. So they're just perfect for police work. Yeah. They list they're obedient. They're loyal. And they just like to help out. And so they're strong as fuck. Yeah. So they're big. Yeah. That's not always German Shepherds, though. They showed like there's some labs. Yeah, sure. There's a few. Um, but German Shepherds are just kind of like choice. Yeah, they're you know? the go to. Yeah. Um, I worked with someone who was in the Air Force. Like we had. Oh. Yeah. So, but. Uh, Jerry Lee, so he was um, an actual police dog. Yeah, that I blew believe. my mind. That was fucking crazy. His real name was Jerry Lee. He yeah. was a real police dog. And this was his first, like, acting gig. Yeah. And um, after K-9, uh, I don't remember if he was in K-911 or not, 
I don't remember what year that came out, but after K-9, I know that Jerry Lee went back to police work and unfortunately he was um, fatally shot um, during a job um, in 1991. So that was only two years after K-9 came out. So I think as far as like, acting dogs go oh he was amazing he was amazing i have never seen such good he was acting. able to emo like like hooch was just like hooch. <laughs> like if he's a person that's him like a dumb blundering stupid dog like the only reason you feel bad that they're getting shot is because it's a life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant when I'm like, oh, your human instincts kick in and you're like, no, not the dog. It's like, oh, so you gotta kill the dog. But then like you really think about it and you're like, that dog was a pain in the ass. Like he made the whole thing harder, you know? Yeah, he did. So, it's like those criminals would have got busted sooner if. Hooch veterinarian could have just taken care of fucking hooch. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, but Jerry Lee, he's he's in, integral. Yeah. He is like... Because at first, um, he doesn't listen to Jim. Yeah. But, uh, and they take him to a drug bust thing. He can smell, and he only finds like one joint. And they're like, what the fuck? Only yeah, one joint. Yeah. All this bullshit over one joint. And then like, um, but then like, he goes to a bar to interrogate and uh, he's like hyping up this dog. He's using, he knows the dog won't listen to him, but he's using the fact that this dog is at least following him as an intimidation tactic by saying <laughs> this dog can kick all your fucking asses. This dog could do this, this, this. And then they're like calling his bluff. And then I don't know who throws the first punch. Like, but the dog starts kicking everyone's fucking ass. Dude. Okay. All so these, this like whole bar of criminals, they're like got knives out and shit. And this fucking dog is like chomping on me, grab this one of them by the fucking balls. Yeah. So like what happened was like, we don't know up to this point, like exactly how good Jerry Lee is. Mm-hmm. Personally, I was expecting another like hooch situation yeah. where like, he's just kind of useless. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that like, Jerry Lee is strong as fuck. So, you know, they start messing with Jim and uh, and so Jerry Lee starts barking at him and they're like, shut up, dog. And he picks up a fucking uh ball off of their pool right table a cue ball and throws it at the dog and, and the, jerry, and jerry lee, lee just bites it ca- he catches, catches it, first, it in his mouth and then they're like oh and bites then- it in half and then spits it out at his feet. And, and then growls. It's like, oh, fuck, and fuck. And they're like, whoa, this dog's a fucking tank. <laughs> and then the dog, like, single-handedly... Takes out an entire fucking bar yeah. of, like, Well, Jim Belushi gangsters. just, like, stands there. He, he's sitting there. He starts drinking. He starts, he's just, <laughs> he starts drinking a drink. So the, this is... I think K nine is so fucking underrated. It really is. I like looking at review scores, like it was, so, it got it got twenty two on Rotten Tomatoes and like at the fucking yeah, uh, at like, least fifty five percent on fucking uh, the writing. Term. The writing is it's hilarious. Snappy. It's written like a real like buddy cop movie and it's got this kind of like flexible reality, and it's so funny because like basically. 
the the whole dynamic between Jerry Lee and Jim Belushi is that Jim Belushi is like a great cop. He's just a dick. He's just a fucking like he's got the weirdest relationship with his girlfriend. Yeah, we'll get into that. But like the thing is, we got got a lot of movies. Let's. Oh, okay. We got Um, we got other movies we got to talk about. We can't go. We said we aren't going to do whole plots. No, I'm not going through the plot. I'm talking about the dynamic, like what made this so much better than, say, Top Dog or Turner and Hooch for me is that like just the dynamic of Jim Belushi's a fucking dick and he goes around and just confidently walks into a room and is like, hey, I'm busting you guys for drugs. Yeah, he, You're going to hand them over Jim whether Belushi's you like it or not. Even before he had a dog, he had a big mouth. Yeah. And then, like, everyone's just literally, like, laughing at him. Like, yeah, man, what are you going to do? And then all of a sudden, like, Jerry Lee just goes apeshit and single-handedly takes down, like, a room full of bad guys. The main the main guy he was interrogating, Jerry Lee knows who it is. Yeah. And he grabs him by the balls. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, call up your dog. He's like, oh, no, man. Uh, why don't you talk first? And he's like, oh, no. And, he's, and then... Jerry Lee starts biting harder like the, without cue it's it appears that they are tr- he is you know that they really are like a, a dynamic and yeah. that's the beginning of their dynamic uh, at one point um, after that like they start building up their bond because um, the first bus was an embarrassment but then like they got that going uh, Jerry Lee is introduced to uh, the girlfriend girlfriend loves Jerry Lee and then uh Fucking what else happens? Uh, he's he's working on the job and he sees Jerry Lee sees his poodle and he's like, he can tell he likes the poodle. And he's like, all right, buddy. Okay, so she's hot, right? You got 10 minutes. And he, like he he wingmans his fucking like dog to get fucking laid. Yeah. That so was weird. There's a lot of like there's a lot of weird like dog sex stuff in this movie that I was like, that's unnecessary. Like, this is a good movie. We could maybe like it's mostly just because of how fucking cheesy it was. That was a little bit cheesy because a lot of movie wasn't cheesy. There was a lot of good like just cop action and like um, Jerry Lee doesn't die. He gets shot, but he lives through yeah. this one. Yeah. Uh, he gets saved at a human hospital. Uh, what the fuck else happened? The best scene was there was bad guys in the building and then uh, the cops wouldn't go in. They wouldn't raid. They just had a standoff and they wouldn't listen to Jim Belushi. So then Jim Belushi goes over to the budget rent a car. Oh, he's, he takes someone's wallet. Didn't he take someone's wallet? Took someone's oh credit card. God. Whose credit card did he take? Was it the chief's? Uh, something like that. So, so one of the other cops, he like grabs it, wipes their credit card, goes over across the street to the budget rent a car and says, uh, hey, man, I need a car. And he's like, and the co- and the budget guy's like watching the standoff. He's too occupied with the standoff. Right. He's just, you know, you know, fucking rubbernecking. He's like, sorry, man, we're closed. He's like, he's like, uh. I want this one. He's like, all right, it'll be 80 bucks. It says 20 bucks in the window. And he's like, 
it's 80 bucks now. He's like, all right, that's fine. Put on the gold card, too. The guy's like, oh, gold card. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's like, oh, yeah, give me fucking insurance. Yeah, he's, he's asking for everything. The guy's like, yeah, sure. Okay, the guy gets excited. And then he's like, he's like I, I want insurance, too. And then that's when the guy really perks up. He's like, oh, my God, I'm going to make money. And then he's like so excited. He's like offering like a map. He's offering all these other like, you know, amenities for people that did all the bonus features. And he just drives his fucking convertible right into the side of the wall, the wall of the uh, the house that the other cops are having to stand off in. Mm-hmm. Pulls a gun out. They'll get them to stick their arms up. They get arrested. And then the budget guy's like, oh, fuck. And I love it because the fact that he's like. Like the punchline is like, yeah, I need insurance. Yeah. It's like, that's such the, that's the best setup because it's like, oh, no one's having to pay for this except the budget guys. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I laughed. I legitimately laughed really hard yeah. at a lot of this movie. Like the writing is so like clever. It's so quippy and fast. And it's and just like. It's great too. It's shot like a movie. Yeah, It's it shot looks, like a proper movie. It looks much more like high budget than Turner and Hooch. I don't know exactly what those numbers are. Now, but Now Turner and Hooch, a lot of people think of it as like a as a kid's film. But there's it's about drugs and stuff. Yeah. So it's not quite a kid's film. Um, the same thing with this movie. It is not quite a kid's film. No, I would say that K-9 is a little more like... K-9 is more mature than Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Because Turner and Hooch is like... If you're a kid and... I know that when I was a kid and there's like a dog in a movie, I'm not really listening to what the boring shit the yeah, adults are exactly. talking about, you know? Because like you don't really even see a lot of like drugs... Or guns or anything so much in Turner and Hooch. So I feel like if you were to watch it with a kid, a lot of that might just go over their head. 100%. But like K-9 literally opens up with like people having sex in cars. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just a very prominent theme. So that's K-9. Yeah. It's good. Good movie, right? I liked it a lot. I like it more than Turner and Hooch. Yes. Yeah. Now let's bring up K9 PI. So we did skip K911, which is the film that came in between these two because we don't have it. But K9 PI was 2002. Yeah. So it was one of those movies that like just kind of came out. It's like Kingdom Hearts 2 in the or Kingdom Hearts 3 in like the K9 world where it just took fucking forever. I mean, I don't feel like it really took that long if you think because like if it's a like uh, what, 11 year difference. Yeah, 11 to 13, somewhere in there. Um, it was 1989 to like 2002. Yeah. So like. um, It's like a 13 year gap, like if a movie, the second one came out like, I don't know, let's say seven years later. You know, that's that's fine. The amount of gap between them. Would you rather have that or Fast and the Furious? <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, it's just weird to think about, like, that reboots and, you know, like bringing shit back has always been a thing. But it's like, you know, it happens so much now. Well, now we're just doing constant reboots that so you don't even know if it's a sequel you're watching. Then they got the soft reboot like yeah. Jurassic World. It's like, yeah, it's a sequel, but it's also uh, a reboot. Yeah. 
And it's like, whoa. Fucking what? Ghostbusters and shit. It's just like. <sighs> Go, no, fucking Ghostbusters was not really. Well, Ghostbusters was a reboot that was sold as a fucking sequel, mm-hmm. which is why it pissed off so many people. One of the many reasons, besides, this is a fucking shit film. Watch out, Henry. Misogynistic about I'm just not saying, liking this movie. People, people who defend Ghostbusters 2016 don't care what you are. They People just, who defend Ghostbusters 2016, I am firmly convinced, are uh, COVID-19 uh, carriers because they have no taste. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. At this point, I don't <sighs> know who, at this point, the only people I've met that still defend it have never seen the original. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I don't like Ghostbusters 2016. I don't like it. You go fuck itself. I don't like it. Paul Feig is a fucking hack fraud. Yeah, it's okay, guys. Like, you can admit that a movie is bad. It doesn't reflect on your political beliefs. Like, Speaking of bad movies, fucking uh, K9PI. Yeah, we we made it 20 minutes in before there, you forced me to sit for another 10. That way we could make it at least a third of the way through. Yeah, and then I was like, nah, I've seen all I need to see. Like, I'm done. This isn't going to get any better. Right. I see the writing on the wall. I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was uh, not very good. No, it's I about think... it's about uh, because it was so far gone, like 13 years later, it's about their retirement. And you yeah, notice because... it was a different dog right away. Yes. Um. So, you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the legend, the dog, the myth, the legend, Jerry <laughs> Lee, unfortunately lost his life in 1991. Um, so they had a different dog playing Jerry Lee, a dog that goes by, um, something starts with a K. I want to say it was like King or, uh, something like that. Um, he's also a German shepherd, but he's not as good of an actor as Jerry Lee was. Like Jerry Lee was so expressive and, you know, of course they do like anytime you have a dog in a movie, they always like implement all of these dog noises like yeah. into the audio and like dogs don't make that many noises, but they just kind of throw them in there. So like you remember the dog is there. They do it with babies, too, in movies like, you know, when there's like a baby, they always just like superimpose these like baby noises yeah. when it's like babies aren't constantly making noise. Yeah, they're quiet all the time. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a, a thing that they do. Um, I feel like... Uh, but he was still very expressive. Yeah, he was very expressive. Um, I just I just couldn't get into that movie, so we, we stopped it. Um, Canine P.I. sucks. Yeah, it's really... It's just boring. It's really fucking boring. The thing about Canine that was so great was that, like... Jim Belushi, his style of comedy is just very quick and very like he just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And when you pair that with like a straight man, like, you know, fucking dog, like it's just very funny. The writing was very fast and funny. But like Canine P.I., he's like, you know, he's gained quite a bit of weight. He's aged like another decade. He's. You know, not in his prime. And that's fine. I mean, with the storyline, it makes sense. But the writing isn't there. And so it's just kind of like another Turner and Hooch situation where it's just like, oh, it's just a guy and a dog. It's a top dog. 
That's all it is. Yeah. There's nothing really like keeping you there. Not at all. Yeah. And then so that brings us to our final movie. Top Dog. Oh, my God. So Top Dog is starring Chuck Norris. Written, produced and directed by his brother. Is Alan Norris or Alex Norris? Or something with an A. Yeah. So uh, this movie was the end of the uh, beginning of the end of Chuck Norris's like theatrical career. Yeah, this and was the last movie Chuck Norris starred in to be released in theaters. Right. Uh, everything he did past that point was direct to video. Or TV. Yeah. Uh, I believe Top Dog should have been direct-to-video. It very much feels like a direct-to-video movie. Top Dog. uh, It's it's better than Canine P.I. Yeah, we could at least get through Top Dog. There are some scenes that are so ridiculous that you're just kind of like, I'm sorry, what? Chuck Norris is a terrible fucking actor in that movie. He's very bad. Fucking. And like, that's not a dig at Chuck Norris because I've seen you do do decent stuff. It's just the way he was delivering his lines. It's something else. Very robotic and stale. Like, you know, he's reading lines. You don't feel like he's a genuine character. How does he get the dog again in this one? Um, I think he gets paired up because, like, they're both, like, disobedient and getting suspended and. Like, it's a it's an assigned cop dog, right? Yeah. And then, like, this cop dog is a bit like Turner and Hooch and, like, it eats his chicken for dinner and he lives in, like, a. Uh, it's a it's not a rundown house, but it's just like there's no real furniture and it's stuff. It's a bachelor it's a, pad. Like, it's just pizza boxes and beer bottles everywhere. I hate the phrase bachelor pad so much. Okay. Well, that's what it is, I know. I'm not (laughs) knocking you. I'm just saying, like, you know, people refer to my place as a bachelor pad. And, like... Well, I think it's kind of like you have... You have bachelor pad being used in, like, a serious way where it's like, oh... You are a single guy and you live in your place that has all of your things that you like. (laughs) But like that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like messy. But at the same time, like bachelor pad, you can also like refer to a man's residence that way because it is so often that like a single man will live in absolute filth. It's just completely con- like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it's the same phrase to describe the same type of person, a man that lives alone. But it can be like, yeah, he's got such a bachelor pad and it's like got someone that has like a fucking penthouse suite. Right. Yeah. And then it can also be like that guy's house is just definitely a bachelor pad. It's like, oh, yeah, because he's got like fuck, just beer bottles all over the place. And like, have you ever seen that meme that's like guys live like this and think it's okay or whatever. And it's like just a TV. With like a folding chair and like an N64. Yeah. <laughs> Canine or... Top Dog. We're not even talking about that anymore. Top Fucking Dog. Top Dog so, is just uh, not... It's kind of it's about It's about neo-Nazis too. Yeah, what the fuck? I forgot the Top Dog opens up with about 
neo-Nazis and like it ends with like them trying to end the festival to end racism or something like that. Yeah, the, they're like the white nationalists have been using C4 to like make explosions at, you know, fucking like synagogues and all this other shit that white nationalists would attack. And um, so they're trying to catch them and figure out, like, where they're going to bomb next. And I guess, like, their final target in the movie is, like, there's this festival that's going to happen in the park that's, yeah. like, end or, like, racial unity or yeah, something it's, like Yeah, it's, uh, it's, like, a festival to, for racial unity. Yeah. Like, and, uh, like, that's it. That's what they're going to be attacking. And it's, like, yeah, neo-Nazis in my... Chuck Norris kids dog cop movie. Yeah. It's a now you, you would think that, oh, well, maybe it's not a a kid's movie, but it very much is. We got like wacky sound effects. Oh, yeah. There's a shootout where the bad guys are dressed like um, clowns. And it's not like in the Dark Knight where they're just dressed as clowns for like a disguise. They're like like the purge. Like. Not even saying that, like, not even how they look. It's what everything else is going. They're like literally doing front flips. Like it's a literal circus act. It's yeah, it's got like fucking clown circus music in the circus music playing. And they're like doing front flips and shit while shooting Uzis. So, yeah, it's a children's movie. There's like other stuff where people get hit and you hear like bonk and like, yeah, all this very just overt slapstick stuff which makes it a children's film about the you know Aryan Brotherhood bombing the uh yeah this movie was kind of tone deaf it kind of didn't really know what it was doing the dog the dog doesn't die at the end no I I have to say least favorite dog least oh no man I really don't like hooch I don't like Hooch, but at least like Hooch is recognizable. This fucking dog that was in Top Dog, I don't even remember like, his looks name. Like Benji or something. I don't remember the dog's it's name. Like, like Tim Allen Shaggy Dog. Yeah, kind of dog. It was, that's it was like that kind of dog. Um, no, see, I, I disagree. I feel like this dog. I remember his actions more than Hooch. I remember Hooch going, "Man, I fucking hate this dog." The dog was useless. I was. I hated that dog. This dog was like still a cop dog. It did cop dog things. And it also grabbed, uh, it did some wacky things too. It like, did some kind of like Home Alone style stuff. Oh yeah, it was attacking uh, attacking some of the white nationalists by like throwing like, uh, knocking over like oxygen tanks yeah. off a roof and it like collapses onto them and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, very cartoonish. With very like bonk yeah. sounds. And so, uh, you know, there's that. Uh it ends with him grabbing the sash off of the Pope at the racial unity festival. Yeah, the fucking Pope just shows up to this racial unity festival in like San Francisco or whatever. Yeah, all these take place in San Francisco. That's so San true. Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Because K-9, Turner Hooch took place in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, or someplace in the Bay Area. Because I remember at one point he mentions like taking a job in Sacramento, which is more more, more north. Yeah. Um. And then uh, K-9 is in San Diego. I'm assuming K-9 K-9PI is also in San Diego. It's the same police department, right? And then this was uh, in, you know, California also. Yeah. It's crazy. Why? I don't know. Why? It makes no sense. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, the movie, very forgettable, very boring, very bad acting. And yet it's still better than K9PI. Yeah. Yeah, I think K9PI was such a disappointment because, like, K9 was so good. Yeah, we both liked K9, so, all right. So that's that's the four movies now. Like I said, Turner Hooch is not in the running. Yeah, it's because more it's, of just like we've accepted. It's, that's it's the, the baseline. Standard. Is it my favorite? No, no, but I think that like the general pop culture zeitgeist, for whatever reason, seems to prefer it. You know why? Why I think it is? Why? Just the name. Oh, the movie K9. It's K9 is it's like human SEO. <laughs> like what's naturally more grabbing to us? It's like it's identifiable. Turner and Hooch. There's only one thing named Turner and Hooch. Hmm. You say, oh, you've seen K9. What's K9? You know, like the dog. Like it's, you know, oh, it's yeah, yeah. in 1989. It was great to explain this movie, this movie K9. And it's like, oh, it's about a dog. But then like in like conversation, if you, uh, you know, Bringing up K9 just brings up like you just think about dogs. You don't think about this dog. You say turn on hooch. You're like, oh, Tom Hanks, that uh, that mutt. Yeah. You and know? I feel like the advertising, like just that picture on the cover of like hooch looking up at Tom Hanks and being like, rut row, I'm, I'm the bad dog. It's a bit iconic. <laughs> it yes. kind of. Yeah. And it kind of like tells you what the movie is going to be like. It like sets the tone. I don't feel like K9 like the cover or the advertising yeah, it's, like it's really just, it's just I, I get the cover for K9 K9 PI mixed up because it's just dog and Jim Belushi. Yeah. It's just posed differently. But uh, you had mentioned earlier like the your suspension of disbelief right? Mm-hmm. And like how we talk about this there is a big rise in like animal movies in general and then like there was like specifically like dog movies and you asked me last night why was there no cat movies ah because you said that dog movies are like the precursor to cat videos on the internet yeah i think so i think that like you know back in the pre-internet age like people like looking at animals but like we had dog movies and now like with the internet we have cat videos that like cats seem to dominate the internet but dogs seem to dominate like the movie culture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of discussing, well, why do we think that is? And I got I got some view, a few solid concepts about why. Right. Like. If you were to observe the general populace just out in public. You can get a gauge of how many people have a dog because people take their dogs everywhere. People take their dog to the park. They take their dog to the store. They take their dog fucking everywhere. Take them hiking. All this other shit. Every dog people take their fucking dog places. Yes. Right. They take their dog to the pet store all the time. That's a normal fucking thing to take your dog to the pet store. Can let them try all those treats and all this other shit. Right. Cat people don't. We yeah. just our cats tend to stay at home. So if you were to go to the park and there's three people out of the 10 there with a dog, you know, at least 30 percent of those people at the park have a dog. It could be more, but it's definitely not less because you have a confirmation. You have a hard line, you know, statistical numbers to look at. You have zero idea how many people have a cat. You have zero data to go off of. So the public perception is that 
dogs are more popular than cats. However, like I told you last night, I just did a fucking you know quantitative study on this. There are more cat owners than dog owners. Yes. Cats are the more popular pet out of everybody. But we don't know that because, you know, if you're if you go if your work has like a work barbecue, that's a normal thing that people do, right? Yeah. Dog people are going to bring their dog. Yes. That's what they do, especially if you have it like at the public park and stuff. Oh, you know, I'll bring my dog. People love my, meeting my dog. No one's going to bring their fucking cat. It doesn't happen. So, you know, oh, my coworker, which of my coworkers have dogs? Oh, like a bunch of my fucking coworkers have dogs. You have zero idea how many people have cats. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, you know, we bring dogs outside. Dogs like are everywhere outside. But like with the Internet, we've been able to bring our inside, our inside into other people's right homes and like so now we're seeing cats everywhere yeah and we also discussed how like cats we like watching cats because for a different reason we like watching dogs yeah so cats act like cats dogs we like watching dogs when they sit like a human we like it when the dog sits upright in the car seat we like when a dog barks and goes and we think it sounds like he says, I love you. You know, we like it when dog comes, it sits, it speaks, the plays dead roll. We like it when a dog can act human. That's what we like to see with a cat. We like it when a cat acts like a fucking idiot. We like it when the cat runs up the fucking wall and gets stuck on the fucking curtains. We like when the cat chases the laser. We like it when the cat fucking does a line of catnip and spazzes out. I guess that is a little bit human, but like we like it when, you know, we like it when cats do cat things. And so because of that, there's no cat movies because dogs activities that we like to see for entertainment match how we would write a human story and so it can progress a human story a cat can't do that without you having to adjust your suspension of disbelief because we have movies like cats and dogs and anything else involving cat tends to just be animated because what a cat does all day is like what my fucking cat's doing right now right in front of us just laying in the fucking tree yeah it's just, you know, a cat's either just doing nothing or doing weird cat shit. And that's not conducive to write a human, uh, a plot that revolves around human interactions. So there's that. Um, and remember, you mentioned the suspension of disbelief. And I think that goes into the next thing I want to bring up is the de-evolution of the dog genre over the years. Yes. Yeah. So the concept of a dog movie in general, whether we're talking about a cop dog movie, a boy and his dog movie, a magical dog movie, whatever, like there have been ebbs and flows and kind of like changes in theme and uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious that We went from these dog movies in like the 80s and the early 90s and stuff having kind of more serious tone. We're seeing dogs get shot. We're dealing with topics like sex and drugs and crime. 
But now the dog movies that we have are almost exclusively for children and very young children, not even like tweens, like little kids. We have seen over the course of time, the dog movie genre has gone from, oh, this is a how do we make another buddy cop action movie? Oh, replace the sidekick with the dog. Yeah. And it's like, okay, And then. We saw it canine P.I. It becomes goofier, it became more slapstick as the series went on. Um, and. It just wasn't as serious, just the overall tone of everything. And it's because. They came out with the cop dog genre to uh, pump more life into the adult genre of the buddy cop movie. Right. Right. And then. It turns out like we can only do that so many times between before we can only do that so many times before adults stop giving a shit because it's another cop dog buddy movie. Right. Like we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, is the cop is, a, is the cop dog going to die at the end? That's the variable here. It's you know, that's that's it. Um, versus like kids don't give a shit. All that cop drama goes over their heads. They just see dog doing cop things and they love it. They eat it up. They lap that shit up. Yeah. And like dogs are new to them. Dogs. So are they're new just like, I just want to watch the dog. I don't care what it does. I just want to. So watch the dogs got to start doing more slapsticky stuff, just doing wackier things. And the cop drama becomes, you know, secondary because the kid doesn't give a shit and the adult no longer gives a shit about the entire genre. Yeah. Like, I think the the most um, like common kind of when I think of like the quintessential dog movie now, I think of like the Air Buddies movies. Yes. I mean, they made a fuck ton of those. We, we'll, we'll get into that next week. Yes. Air Buddies, because mm-hmm. we're bringing up sports dogs next week, which was jump started by Air Bud. I did not mean for that to be like a uh, just like it's just remember the cover of the fucking dog just like jumping <laughs> but uh, yeah we have uh and i feel like even Airbud was like originally more i guess you know i will bring that part up just right now like even like with the sports dog genre it started out like still fairly young but it got younger yeah i think that um the sports dog like Airbud craze was kind of like an in-between step. It was. Because yeah. I feel like anyone can watch a movie like Airbud and at least get something out of it. I would consider it absolutely like a family film. Yes. No matter what age you are, you're gonna be like, wow, watch, check out that dog. He's playing basketball. That's amazing. And I mean, especially like we're gonna get into Airbud, like the actual dog, yeah. and talk about how fucking amazing he that, is. Yeah, Buddy was amazing. Yeah, um, but that's such a great story. Yeah, we, we have to save it. <laughs> but I mean, watching Airbud is like you get something out of it, no matter what age you are, and um, it's mostly targeted towards I want to say like tweens yeah i would say it was a tween movie yeah like i think like disney channel original movie type audience yeah, like like tweens. Ten, like between Older like 10 kids. 10 to like yes. 10 to 13 yeah absolutely um whereas you know these cop movies from the 80s and the 90s were much more 
adult or and, like PG-13, I would say. And then like, I feel like Top Dog doesn't know where it wants to be. Yeah. Because you're bringing like, you know, white nationalists as like your antagonist. And um, it's. It's like that's a more mature subject, but like everything else is very like slapsticky and like very, very elementary. And it's not even the same as like the fact that like. Indiana Jones has Nazis as the bad guys, because one, it's it's a uh, World War Two esque. Era. That's when it takes place, right? During mm-hmm. World War II. It takes place like actually they're not neo-Nazis in Indiana Jones. They're like Nazi Nazis. Yes. So there's that. But also the fact that like. Yeah, they're doing like they're Nazis, but they're not like doing Nazi stuff. In in. Uh, it's a very like Spielbergified. It's like these are bad guys and we know that the bad guys, we don't have to show them attacking a festival for racial unity. Yeah. <laughs> you just know it's bad. like you it's like you you know what they're what they do you know why they're there and uh the bad guy stuff they're doing is other stuff like attacking indie and stealing stuff and you know all that sort of thing versus like this it's like yeah they're white nationalists and they're doing white nationalist stuff you know what i just remembered um fucking top dog has the brink kid oh yeah in it like i feel like every 90s movie that was like made for teen boys or tween boys had to have like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas clone. Yeah. Everyone had that haircut. Mm hmm. And uh, I was like, God, that kid looks familiar. Who is that? Turns out it's fucking Brink. So, you know, speaking of Disney Channel original movies and whatever, I feel like Top Dog definitely like. I feel like that kid to me is exactly who the the staff behind that movie were like, this is our audience. Yeah. It's like, they. It's like we need someone this for them to self-identify with. Exactly. So it's like, it's obvious what their intentions were. Um, He's also Sid in Toy Story. We found that out. Yeah, it's so weird. He's the voice of Sid. I had no idea. He's done a lot of voice work and like acting like he's mostly like a fucking extra and stuff. You need a cool guy that's stuck in the 90s. Yeah. But he does a lot of, like, stuff with Disney. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes Um, sense. But, yeah, that movie was very tonally confused. Yeah. Um, But it's still very much, like, like, you forget that they're fucking neo-Nazis. Yeah. They really don't come up very much. They don't. It's, like... It's like, oh, this is there's this is the case. And they're doing all these other things, all these following these clues. And then we get to the final one and the showdown and stuff. So. Out of the. Three movies that we watched. Watched. Oh, we excluding Turner, excluding Hooch. Turner Hooch. The best canine mm-hmm. hands paws down. Oh, God. <laughs> K9 was the best and I, I legitimately was, enjoyed that and I don't understand why it's worse considered a worse movie than Turner Hooch. Yeah, I think K9 is great. I actually want to like watch it again. I do. I like would, I would watch it again. I really like it's almost like got fucking you know like very classic 
like 80s comedy level writing, in my opinion. Like, I think it's really good. Some of it is cheesy as fuck, but like if you put that aside, there's a lot of like really funny content in there. Um, whereas I would say the worst canine PI, and perhaps that's because canine was so good that our expectations are just like, you can, I've seen what you can do and you're so far from that level that I'm disappointed. Yeah. Um, cause who knows if we didn't have canine at all and we were just going off of like canine PI, like, I don't know. Would I be able to find something in it? I'm not sure. Probably not. It's just really fucking boring. Top Dog is, like, really boring. But there's some parts that are so bad that you're just like, wow, they really did that. They really thought this was, like, a good choice. Yeah, there was something about Top Dog that kept us. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It wasn't something good. No. But there was something that kept us. Yeah, it's got this kind of like, I don't want to say so bad it's good, but it's like bad in a way that at least keeps your attention. Whereas Canine P.I. is the kind of bad where like it's exhausting to like try and force yourself to sit through it. Like it's so boring. Right. And that's just how like bad movies are. It's like, is it bad because it's boring or is it bad because it's just like. What the fuck did they really do that? I feel like Canine P.I. is just the kind of boring that's like. It's just so bad that it's boring. Yeah, no, I agree. I 100 percent agree. I am curious about K911. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe it's got a more similar energy than the first one because it came out like closer to it. So I would like to hope Um I'll probably end up watching it sometime in this month. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. You agree? No, I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And even adding Turner and Hooch to the list, like if we had to, I in still, my personal opinion. Canine. Yeah, I don't like, I didn't like Turner and I, Hooch. I thought it was totally just what? Tom Hanks was great. That dog sucked. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, so... Foreclosure. Uh, Alice and I are both very much cat people. Yeah. Um, I've had many dogs. I've I've had dogs in the past. Um, and I would have hated a dog like like Hooch. If I had a dog like Hooch, like. No, absolutely not. No way. Especially if I didn't like raise him. It's like I'm being like forced to keep this thing in my house it's just so annoying there's 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 the burden of it as well it's like god damn it yeah the whole point that they're trying to make in turner and hooch is like oh well turner and hooch have all these similarities and um turner has to realize that over time and that's how he learns to love him and blah 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 but then that just doesn't even go anywhere because hooch dies anyway so it's just like (laughs) You get it. Uh, like, why do I even give a end. shit? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, gives me fucking Jane Doe vibes. But so. it's like, yeah, you two had a relationship and I'm sure it was great for you. But like me on the outside watching it, I'm like, this is a train wreck. I don't like this. 
why do you like this? You know, <laughs> like fucking Jane Doe. That's how I felt. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Jane Doe was that would be annoying me. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. That's probably one of the worst movies I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot of bad movies. <laughs> we always like have to come back to it and just vent. It's almost like our podcast has become like a therapy session for trying to deal with Jane, Jane Doe. Doe and like the trauma that it brought us. Fucking like, I, I don't know what it is about that movie that made me just go, wow, what the fuck? Because like. Never have we had to re-record an episode like three fucking times. And like, I've seen a lot of bad movies and I feel like what makes it so bad is because it's so pretentious. Yeah. And it comes up so short. Yeah. Whereas like if it's just a bad movie, yeah, man, it's a bad movie. But it's like this guy thought he was making. Fucking like the Mona Lisa. Right. He he thought that like he was making the next Citizen Kane. Yeah. And um, he didn't. And I feel like that's the biggest difference versus a lot of like bad movies. Like you read behind the scenes and staff's like, yeah, man, we could tell it was going to be a train wreck. We yeah. Like, <laughs> we had our fingers crossed for at least half decent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's like when you a lot of times the creators are like, no, they're like we had a terrible budget. We had to do this. Like they knew when they were doing it that they were they did the best they could. But they knew it was not going to be like this amazing. There's a hope that maybe it would be, you know, like uh, Terminator. No one thought Terminator was going to be a great, huge success. But like, you know, they were all pleasantly surprised. They, were, they all put their heart into it. They put their hole into it. And they're like, I hope I hope it catches. And it did. Mm-hmm. Versus like Jane Doe. He's like, it's going to catch. You yeah. Know, he was so confident. It was a Dunning Kruger. Like, that's... Dunning Kruger effect to its fullest extent, and that's was until he crashed and burned. They realized that he's a fucking shit can fucking director. Yeah. Whereas uh, I don't know, none of these movies that we watched this week uh, were that bad, pretentious, or thinking that they were too good. I think that like when you're creating a movie about a dog, you're just kind of like, it has to be a little silly, right? You can't be too serious. I feel like Turner and Hooch definitely tried to take itself the most seriously. I mean, there are still serious dog movies that come out, but they all tend to be based on real life, like uh, Hachi. Yeah. Hachi made me cry. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, I did tear up at the end of uh, K-9. I was was really sad um, because, like, that that was a good dog. Yeah. And then, like... uh, when the end when he's like spilling his guts out to his dog because he and I was like, God damn, that sucks. And then like the fact that the dog like opened his eyes and was like playing coy, like playing, you know, that it was fucking good dog acting. Dude, Jerry and, Lee was not only an incredible cop, but he was an incredible actor. God. And like rest in peace, you absolute legend. Right? That is a great dog. Yeah, this episode is dedicated to Jerry Lee. Oh, dude, we should really do that. We really should do that. We love you, Jerry Lee. We love um, you, Jerry Lee. Though. Hope you're chomping on that T-bone in the sky. Um, you're amazing. 
thank you for such an incredible performance in this movie. I enjoyed every second of it. No offense to Jim Belushi, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, you, the Jerry Lee was a better actor. Like Jim Belushi was just being himself. I felt like I was watching like a Jim Belushi stand up routine with a dog, but I kind of was like perfectly OK with. I could tell that Jim Belushi was hanging out with Bill Murray a lot. Yeah, he was sounding like Bill Murray. Like he was mm-hmm. had a lot of the same like mannerisms. As Bill Murray He had like the same kind of pitch as Bill Murray, especially like him in like Ghostbusters and other things he wasn't in, in the 80s. So and I know they're friends. Right. So like, you know. That's not a knock. I could just tell that like before they went and filmed, they had been hanging out with Bill. It could it just shows, you know, um, kind of like uh, me and you both. Sometimes when we get on this podcast, we develop this like East Coast fucking accent for some fucking reason. That's fucking that's executive man. We're just channeling. Sometimes it's a, I mean, it's from executive man, but sometimes it just comes out of normal speech, too. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, this episode is now dedicated to Jerry Lee. Yeah, we love you, Jerry Lee. Um, thank you for all that entertainment you gave us. Uh, I will definitely watch K nine again. Anytime we're hanging out and you're just like, "Hey, let's watch K nine," I'm gonna be like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." I I really liked that movie a lot. I, I thought it was I would. I don't know if I would watch it again. I would watch clips on YouTube again. Like, there's some good scenes. Okay. No, I thought the writing was great. I really enjoyed the comedy in that one. Um, Some of it was cheesy, but overall, I mean, shit. I'm a fan. Well, recapping, K-9 takes the win this week. Yes, and our loser is uh, K-9PI. Yeah. So those are going on the bracket. I'll upload brackets onto Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter. Yep. All the places you can check us out. All our social media. I think that does just about wrap it up for this episode. Yes. Um, you know, what we just said, (laughs) be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website, vhssaturday.com. Sign up for our mailing list. Get uh, updates for our next episode in the doggest saga we still have our stickers available they are holographic and 12 inches wide if you would like one go ahead send us a message on any of our social media sites they are five dollars each thank you so much for listening and thank you for your patience with our hiatus we are glad to be back yes we hope the wait was worth it we will see you next week when we discuss Sports dog movies. During week two of Doggest. Hell yes. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you in a week. Until then, remember be, be kind, kind, rewind. rewind.